0: You're listening to the Money Web Now podcast series with Simon Brown live streamed every weekday at 6:30 a.m it's
1: Wednesday, 30 November. 7.7 million unemployed people in South Africa. I'm Simon Brown, coming at you live and loud from the MoneyWeb studios in Houghton, Johannesburg. On the show today, chatting with Gary Boyson, Rand Swiss. I want to touch on those Vakili Results. Another, I mean, we've spoken about second-tier properties with a couple of our guests uh, and they're really doing well. Vacancies down at 2.3%. Alan Dixon from Renet on results That Power Cable and Circuit Breaker Business are doing very well. And then another Alan Solomon, CEO, Capital Appreciation. Good results, but the GovChat loans have been impaired, we will dig into that as well. This show is brought to you by Stanlip. Visit stanlip.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlip Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Morning headlines from MoneyWeb. Transnet unlikely to develop a southern rail corridor anytime soon. This is the line down to the Eastern Cape. They cite funding and feasibility issues. Uh, Yeah, and just SEO issues, I guess. Business day. African bank aims to triple net profit as it targets a 2025 listing. Uh, But CEO Kennedy Bungandi says a pre-IPO might be in the cards for mid-2023. I'm not sure what that is. Maybe some selective sort of big institution. Investing in Morning markets, the US was red, the SP down 0.2%, and NASDAQ off three quarters of a percent. Asia is mixed, Sydney up 0.2%, while Tokyo is off 0.6%. Commodities largely unchanged. Gold 1,767. Brent 8374. Platinum $1,016 an ounce. Palladium thousand eight hundred and sixty-five. Rand sixteen ninety-eight. Bitcoin sixteen thousand nine hundred. Ten cent trading down one point. 0.1 percent in the Hong Kong lunch break, and our uh, morning futures looking for a green open, but 87 points to the green. That's just over 0.1 of a percent.
0: Money web now on the money. Also available on podcast.
1: Jenny now with uh, Gary Boyson. He, of course, from Rand, Swiss. Gary, appreciate the early morning time. I've been chatting with a, a bunch of my commentators around sort of the second tier set of results coming out in the, in the REIT space. Uh, Vakili certainly one of them and certainly a, a good set of, of, of numbers. I mean, the standout, of course, is their, their, their vacancies down to 2.3%. But uh, your take on, on the numbers overall?
2: I think it was an excellent set of numbers, and uh, it, it really seems to be bucking the trend. If if you were to ask me how property, you know, in, as you said, in the second tier would be faring, uh, specifically in the rural areas, I would say it would probably be terrible. But that's <laughs> absolutely not what we're getting for, from these numbers. And I don't think it's the sense I got if, if you went around any shopping mall over Black Friday. I mean, it's clear people are out and about. I think people want to get out after COVID. So, so Bukile is seeing, you know, big increase in, in, in footfall. Uh, as you said, you know, fantastically low vacancy rates. Uh, you know, they're they obviously facing the, the shifts in, in, you know, it's obviously a, a very retail-based, it's, it's a mall's mm. business. Um, and they're facing the, the, the same kind of pressures that, that all malls are facing, and that's a change to their tenant mix. So, you know, you're seeing the likes of furniture uh, companies doing worse, jewelers aren't performing well, banks and electronics are, are disappearing out of malls. But what they're being replaced with is that uh, non-discretionary, Grocers, fashion, value, uh, TFG is now their biggest uh, their biggest client, uh, but the likes of Mr. Price, Pepco, uh, looking for more space, expanding, and generally doing pretty well.
1: And and then, I mean, you say you you, you wouldn't have expected in the rural walls. I agree. And and then Spain. And I look at Europe and I I look at energy crisis and walls in the continent. And um, again, managing that part of the business significantly well. And and really, I suppose, I I don't want to sort of, you know, uh, 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 ding them with with, with praise, but exceeding expectation. Yeah, I think when you're looking at a
2: company like this, to as an investor, one of the things that that should be concerning you is when well, you mentioned an energy crisis in Europe there's an energy crisis in South Africa well, as well. Yeah, actually, load yeah. <laughs> but 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 look at, look at specifically looking at load shedding just in South Africa as a side point, I, I mean, they nine percent of their energy consumption is now is now solar that they they're catering for themselves. They're looking mm-hmm. at adding another three point nine megawatts locally. So you know, as you say, very clever, very active management of these properties. But as an investor, the other thing that should be concerning you when you're looking at property is the idea that you, you've got increasing interest rates and, you know, a property company like this almost competes with with uh, fixed income products. So, you know, would you rather go and stick your money in, a, in you know, in the bank and get a high interest rate or, or do you go and look for something that's going to generate a bit of yield like a property? Um if you look at what's happening inside mm. their, their, specifically their debt profile, um, they are largely insulated against rising interest rates, specifically in Spain. Uh, now, Spain makes up, uh, you know, it depends if you want to measure it by revenue or want to measure it by assets, uh, but call it roughly 50%. Um, you know, there, if you look at their weight of the average lease, it's a long term lease. But what's interesting is none of their debt is expiring until 2026. There is some debt expiring in the South African business, but, you know, in, in the context of a, let's say, a 35 billion uh, NAV company, market cap around 14 billion it's it's tiny i mean you're talking about you know 669 million expiring this year in south africa another 342 million expiring next year so they've got hedging in place on these things that you know they're already going to be refinancing later and we hope you know, if Jerome Powell gives us some relief in December, that that we might see interest rate, these interest rate hikes slowing, and if we start to see the cycle turning and inflation coming down, suddenly these become very, very attractive investments, uh, and you might see a significant re-rating in the share price. Not that it's been doing particularly badly this year mm-hmm. anyway. So, Volker like, compared to the rest, up 16% uh, year to date. So, I mean, compare that to something like GrowthPoint or, or Resilient, which are down 8% and 4.3% respectively.
1: A, a, a quick word on so You say Jerome power give us relief in December, you don't mean cut rates, you just mean half a percent.
2: Yeah, half a percent okay. instead of uh, so Certainly, I thought you approach. meant
1: cutting points. I'm like, yo, I and mean, then it occurred to me that can't be true. We'll leave it there. Gary Boyson, Rand Swiss, always appreciate the early morning insights. And that's our poll today on our LinkedIn and Twitter. Um, yeah, the, the stock's up, as, as Gary said, 16% for the year. Uh, it, it's tripled off the pandemic lows. Is this a, 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 a REIT that you are holding? Uh, perhaps you are. Perhaps you're interested. Perhaps not for you. Have your vote. Have your say, LinkedIn and Twitter.
3: Your money gives a damn. If it could protest and sign petitions, your money would. But your money can do more than that. When you invest in Stanlib's Infrastructure Investment Fund, beyond getting solid returns, you are helping to build a more sustainable future through job creation and positive economic growth. Damn right you are. Invest for more impact at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider.
1: MoneyWeb now on the money. Chatting out with Alan Dixon, CEO of Roinette. He has a fun fact. The group was established in 1888. Uh, Theodore Roinette and Otto Lentz listed in the J.C. in 1948. It's been around for, well, forever and a day. Results for year-end September, revenue up 16%, hips up 9%. Operating profit up 17% and the dividend 5.20 for the year up 8%. Alan, appreciate the early morning. Uh, supply chains, uh, obviously, and particularly thinking uh, silicon chips, you, you're, you're still struggling in that space. Are you seeing any respite?
0: Uh, good morning, Simon. Uh, nice to speak to you this morning. Um, yes, there is, Simon. Um, I think we're through the worst of it. Um, uh, certainly the second half of our financial year was a challenging period. Mm-hmm. But we are starting to see some uh, relief at the moment. Uh, it's slightly better availability and also we've built up our a strategic stock, which also assists us in de-risking the execution of the order books that we have.
1: Gotcha. I I mentioned operating profit in the intro there. You say this is a a better measure. I I got to be honest, I'm I'm usually a bit asconced at that, but you've got a call and put option. And and this is, it's a long story, but basically there's an acquisition you're going to be making. This really is just an accounting process. This is not around cash flows or profits or anything like that. This is just IFRS saying, this is how you have to account for that call and put. And in this numbers, it hurt a bit
0: that is correct but in actual fact it actually bolstered the numbers slightly so the operating profit numbers that we refer to which are up 16 percent are slightly below the statutory operating profit which includes those puts and calls so our guidance is actually more almost prudent than um than than the numbers that we've got for statutory but that is our best guidance to the market as the underlying profit generators of our business and where Mm -hmm. the cash flow comes from i think importantly in that space our cash generation remains strong as well so uh I think it is a good guidance to the market and is reflected by good cash flows to support it.
1: Your electrical cable making, CIB, doing very well, obviously input costs are an issue there. I mean, I've been looking at copper price over the last year or so. Are you able to pass through the, the higher commodity prices, the higher input costs?
0: We do. Typically in all of our contracts, we have a pass through mechanism that's in place. So oh. we merely pass on the input costs to our customers and therefore are able to protect our gross margins in that uh, power cable business. So you're
1: almost operating on a cost plus basis then. In other words you're saying we we, we bring certain skills to the party that's the manufacturing component and, and and your your customers pay for that.
0: That's correct. Um it just protects both the customer and and the manufacturer in mm. volatile environments such as this as this and enables us to continue to invest properly into those businesses and deliver Good products and services to our customers.
1: Your your switch gear, gear rather, very dependent on on construction activity, new buildings, refurbishments and the like. Are we seeing much activity there? I I hear contrasting stories. Sometimes I see cranes everywhere. Other times I say people are saying we're just not seeing the, the building activity happen. What's your experience in that
0: space? Um, I think in the South African construction space and infrastructure spend, we're seeing very early green shoots in that space, which is positive for um, our electrical engineering business. But in that switch business, switch gear business that you refer to, mm. that's actually a fantastic success story where they have they actually export about 65 percent of the product mm. that we make here in South Africa. So they're far more sensitive to international trends. Uh, And we primarily supply to OEMs internationally. Mm -hmm. um, And hence, um, it's far more an indicator of what's going on in the international and export markets that we serve uh, that protects that business rather than the local uh, construction or infrastructure market, which is more cables dependent. Gotcha.
1: How much revenue slash profits are you doing beyond our borders?
0: Uh, we probably do about 30 to 35% of our revenue comes from offshore at the moment, and we expect that to continue to grow. Our applied electronics uh, segment, which has got our defense businesses in it, they have mm-hmm. record export order books at the moment, um, and they were the segment that most suffered from these chips last year. Yeah. So we expect that segment specifically to continue very strong growth into next year, and I would expect those – uh, export revenues to continue to grow into, into next year as well.
1: you also got Nashua in the stable, the office uh, equipment supplier. Uh, considering work from home and we're certainly seeing uh, uh, office rentals or vacancies struggling, um, and I imagine some supply challenges, how's the Nashua been doing over the period?
0: We're very pleased. Um, they've had a, another positive performance this year on the back of a, a growth and profit last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so certainly their market has changed. We're down slightly off the pre-COVID levels, uh, and that's primarily that hybrid uh, environment that mm-hmm. you talk about, specifically, though, in the enterprise space. Nashua's key market is the small and medium customer. We gotcha. talk about a thousand yeah. uh, people and below, and those companies are typically back. They are not really the enterprise space where they can work hybrid. Invariably, in those businesses, if you're not at work, you're not selling. So we've actually found that portion of our business has actually come back very nicely, and Nashua is really recovering well. They've added to that traditional print business that they've got by a suite of complementary products and services which broaden their offering, and that too is growing very nicely and supporting their core Traditional
1: uh, print business. A, a quick last question: you, you, You've built up a, a renewable energy business, and of course, we have had generation cap up to 100 megawatts, and, f- and, and, and we're waiting for the from the president's uh, August statement. We're essentially deregulating. i I'm imagining you imagining you've got huge expectations for this sort of going forward.
0: Indeed, we do. Yes, we've had a very positive performance this year. Uh, you know, we invested into renewable energy about five or six years ago, mm-hmm. and it's really starting to hit its straps now. So we've got strong a strong solar business that is growing very nicely and, and is specifically targeted at that CNI space where this embedded generation plays out. Mm-hmm. But we also have a very good uh, storage business called Blue Nova, which sells storage solutions. And we also have a broader suite of energy optimization. And uh, in the next year or so, we'll also have uh, the capability to wheel energy across the grid, which will be a, a, a further requirement um, in this deregulated environment. So we're very pleased with the offering that we have and we do have very strong expectations for it as we expect this market will grow strongly over the next five years.
1: Okay. Wheeling as well. That is interesting. Alan Dixon, CEO, Ronet Appreciate the early morning time.
3: There's no postponing the inevitable. Your money knew this day would come. And you know what? It can hardly wait to start giving some back to you. When you invest in Stanlib's fixed income funds, you can retire earning a regular income off your investments. Invest for more certainty at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager.
0: MoneyWeb Now. On the money
1: chatting with Alan Solomon. He's CEO of Capital Appreciation. Results for six months ending September. Revenue up 22.5%. Headline earnings per share up 4.4% in dividend, up 13.3% at four uh, sorry, four cents, four and a quarter cents. Alan, appreciate the early morning time. Let's quickly touch on the, the GovChat. Uh, a, a subsidiary of yours you had a loan that you haven't paid. There's a lot sort of happening in the background. Competition commissions, uh, Meta, parent company of Facebook, but you've essentially taken the the I suppose cautious route and said lex and parrot and and and, and see how this plays out uh, in 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 the months and years ahead.
4: Uh, good morning, Simon. Thank you for allowing me to participate in your show. Yes, the so GovChat uh, uh, um, scenario is an interesting development. We have spent a lot of time, effort, management involvement. Uh, assisting GoChat, upon which we have a 35% interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, the amount of money we put in was to build a platform that has proved to be ex- not only reliable, but extremely robust. That, bu- that platform was built by Simpsons, our in-house uh, subsidiary company. Mm-hmm. And millions of users, active users, and messages are conveyed daily and weekly and monthly uh, through to government. And it's proved to be a very effective platform We, unfortunately, have had difficulties in terms of cash flow uh, of continuing to uh, be the sole funder to this business. business, We have impaired the investment. I emphasize we have not written off the investment. And we now have got the ability to lead management and uh, and the shareholders of the company to see their way forward, to continue to see how this uh, process and company uh, flows through months and years going forward.
1: Moving on to, to, to the other part of the business, terminals, which is a big part. How, how many terminals have you got out there? Payment terminals have you got out in the market right now?
4: Well, when we when we acquired the business in twenty seventeen, we only had thirty two thousand terminals in the South African market, mm-hmm. and in a, in a short five and a half years, we've grown that terminal fleet, which is owned predominantly by the banks, uh, to three hundred and fifteen thousand. And we've seen continual growth in our terminal fleet with banks on the one hand. And we see exciting opportunities emerge as new technologies and, uh, and specifications and the move from 2 and 3G up to 4 and 5G uh, 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 functionality uh, will emerge in, in the next year term. We see very really exciting opportunities in growth potential
1: in the payment space. 315,000, that is, that is a giant number. And, and it's a fairly, I mean, you, 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 you get uh, annuity income from it. I mean, there's percentage of transactions, but it is a fairly good annuity income for the group as well.
4: Absolutely. And we, we've, we've, we've tried very hard and we continue to make progress that we're eliminating, to a large extent, the concentration of the payment uh, terminal sales uh, revenue stream to other sort of more diversal revenues Which is support, maintenance, uh, transaction related areas which we've seen encouraging growth.
1: Your layup technologies, it, it, it's a recent startup, you're a minority shareholder, they're 27.4%, essentially digital lay by and, and recurring payment. I, I've looked at the industry in, in, in the US, they call it buy now, pay later. The, the lay by, my sense is, is a little different to that. But but you're focusing on, on, on continental Africa. And I'm imagining a huge potential there um, as, as this rolls out. It's still very early days for the, for the group there.
4: Oh, absolutely! It in it its start-up phase. We are encouraged by the the hard work that's been put in by the management of this uh, a company, which we have an investment, and uh, and it has a, a, a propensity not buy now and pay later, but more save now yeah. and then buy later, and and I think it's a slight shift which we're seeing at uh, gaining momentum. Albeit slowly, but we're uh, really optimistic in the medium term.
1: Yeah, I, I do like that. It's the other way around from the buy now, Pay later, and, and, and frankly, I think probably uh, uh, you know for, from from a a, a better direction. Right, Netherlands. We've been shutting around a Netherlands, still relatively new for you, uh, but but an important foothold in in, in in Europe. How's how's that been going over the period?
4: Well, it's early days for our our in-house Netherlands subsidiary,
0: mm-hmm.
4: which is allied to the a responsive group that we acquired in March this year where there's already a going concern with legal digital, mm. which is starting to make traction in the, uh, in the Dutch and the European market, We are very encouraged because it does allow us to have a broader international flavor on the one hand, and it also allows us access now to uh, state-of-art and up-to-date uh, technology changes and developments outside South Africa. So it's a very, very positive uh, contribution, more than just in, in revenues and, and profits and costs, but it's a contribution to us in the broadest sense of being global. The responsive and, group. Uh, and what's, interesting, and what's yeah. interesting enough, sorry, Simon, is interesting enough is the fact that if you look in the software division, uh, we've started to make significant inroads into transactions in foreign currency-dominated dollars, and today uh, we are 28% of our revenues are, are uh, foreign-sourced.
1: Yeah, I noticed that in the results. The responsive Group, which uh, came in, I think, beginning of March of memory serves. That really d- designing, developing uh, web and and, and mobile uh, uh, applications. I mean, be very much at a, at a, I mean, to use a cliche, sort of the cutting edge of the future.
4: Absolutely, we're very pleased with that acquisition. Uh, it was our first acquisition post uh, initial acquisitions in 2017, mm-hmm. and this acquisition was headed down well. It's profitable. It's become integrated and harmonized with our. Uh, other operating companies and we are really, really pleased with how this transaction uh, uh, played out, so much so that we are continuing our drive for uh, uh, further, further acquisitions and uh, we are looking at a number of different possibilities and probabilities and we're reasonably comfortable that we're going to be able to make more acquisitions in the,
1: in the first six months of 2023. We'll leave it there, Alan Fuderman, CEO of Capital Appreciation. Appreciate the early morning. <laughs> That's it for today. We were chatting with Stephen Joffe yesterday, CEO of Invicta. Good results out from them, but no dividend. Uh, And typically, they had paid an interim dividend, but instead they were buying back. They bought back, what, 4.7% of the shares, uh, 5% of the preference shares. We asked you, do you prefer a share buyback or a cash dividend? Two-thirds of you preferred the cash. Uh, The remaining third quite liked the buybacks, and certainly they are more tax efficient. The problem with that dividend is 20% goes to SARS. Have your vote. Have your say. Twitter and LinkedIn. This show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. We're live every weekday morning, the MoneyWeb website and the app, 6.30am podcast just after seven. Thanks to my team, Eddie, Nabochle, Nicole, to you for listening, my guests for their early morning. My name is Simon Brown. This is MoneyWeb Now. We'll chat again tomorrow, talking energy. You've been
0: listening to another MoneyWeb Now podcast, posted every weekday at 7 a.m. on moneyweb.co.za. MoneyWeb Now, on the money.